0: Welcome to the Falling Skies Cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. All right, well, welcome back to the Falling Skies Cast. I am Jimmy in Georgia. We're here to talk episode seven of season two of Falling Skies. Molon Labe, maybe? I don't know. I can't pronounce Greek. I'm not Greek. But basically, if if you're familiar, that is a term that basically means come and take them in the ancient Greek. And the legend has it that King Leonidas, famous in uh, the 300 movie, if you're familiar with that, Mr. Zack Snyder's movie from a few years back, apparently said those words to the Persian army when they demanded the Spartans come out and surrender their weapons at the Battle of Thermopylae. So anyway, that is a pretty famous phrase from years and years and years ago that was the title of this week's episode which again i'm a big fan of historical references and i guess we've started off the show with one tonight Um, but we may touch on this a little bit more in this week in history as well i don't know we'll see but anyway we are back to talk about episode number seven here in season two of falling skies we're gonna jump off this week with a little bit more falling skies news as we like to do from the Falling Skies cast Studios, it's the Falling Skies News with Jimmy and Emmy. As we mentioned, pretty much every week, most of the time, the uh, ratings for Falling Skies don't come out until after the fact we've recorded. Now, last week there were some issues and I had some time constraints and whatnot. So didn't get the uh, podcast out quite as soon as I would normally like to. So I could have probably went back in and, and inserted this information there, but I figured I'd just go ahead and wait for this episode. And uh, we we're back here. On this Monday, July the twenty-third, talking *Falling Skies* once again. And uh, this previous week's episode—not last night's, but the previous week's episode—of *Falling Skies* homecoming had three point six million viewers in that live plus the same day. And then the previous week, I believe we were reported it was three point four million for uh, the previous episode. It's all gets confusing. And that was adjusted up to five point one million live plus three. So again, they're getting a pretty good little boost overall when they get that live plus three. And then even go back to July 1st episode, you adjust it for live plus seven, it actually went up to 5.4 million. So they're still hovering around 5 million uh, viewers an episode, you know, according to Nielsen ratings. And Nielsen ratings, I think, are jacked up. But whatever, that's how TV episodes get their ratings. And that's how people determine ad revenues and blah, 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 blah. But and one other piece of news we need to touch on here. Next week, there's not a new episode of Falling Skies. I'm assuming this is in relation to the uh, Olympics, maybe? I don't know. But on July 29th, instead, TNT on that evening of the 29th, um, which next Sunday night, they're showing uh, airings of Falling Skies, yes, but not new ones. Well, starting at 2 p.m., there's going to be a marathon of sorts for Season 2 of Falling Skies. It starts at two. It's going to show the first four episodes from two to six, and then at six p.m. TNT for whatever reason will be showing. They're showing Independence Day like that afternoon before Falling Skies or whatever that evening, and then at nine p.m. they'll be showing Love and Other Acts of Courage, and then at ten p.m. they'll be showing Homecoming, and then at eleven p.m. They'll be showing Molan Labe again, and then Independence Day again. So just keep that in mind. The 29th, there will not be a new episode of Falling Skies. The next week, August 5th, we should have episode number 8. I can go ahead and tell you that that title if you'd like. I never know if you people think that's a uh, spoiler or not, so I've been trying to avoid that stuff this season altogether. But episode 8 should be airing on August 5th at 9 p.m. And from the most recent information I've seen, episode 9 will be airing August the 12th at 9 is at regular scheduled time. And episode 10, the season finale, will we are airing on the 19th of August at 9. And uh, we'll go from there and see how everything works out. All right, well, that's the end of our news segment because we've reported on the ratings, we've reported on, on what's to come with Falling Skies. And it's now time for the next segment of the show, one that I think is still kind of interesting, maybe you do too. It's time for me to call Mama in Georgia and see what she thought about last night's episode.
1: How's everything going?
2: Going pretty good. You got to the little reunion?
1: Yeah, we went to the reunion. We went to the fish fry.
2: That's good.
1: That was pretty nice. And
2: when did you head over there?
1: Went over Saturday morning. Well, how was y'all's weekend? Pretty good. It's
2: nice. I didn't do a whole lot.
1: Yeah, it's just so hot.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, I got a surprise for you.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I I don't I wish to well I got them over there i would have to get them because I can't remember which name of them I saw some comic books and the uh, Brother Charlie. Oh yeah. And I don't they're probably not worth anything but you know you never know. Right. And I picked up about what maybe five or six.
2: Oh, that's good.
1: All right, these saw this one's The X Men. Okay. And an X-Factor. I've never heard of X-Factor. Okay. And an Excalibur. Okay. Then I got Thunderbolts. You ever heard of them?
2: No, not really.
1: Oh, it's five. Okay. Oh, and I got the Fantastic Four. Okay. And I got another X-Men that's
2: 28.
1: Hmm. I was just so tickled to see the comic books. That's cool.
2: I'll take them. I've got a little collection. I mean,
1: I'll just put them in here and, you know, when you come or something and, well, I was just so surprised to see any comic books in there, because yeah. that's something you don't hardly ever see in there. And I thought, well... That's cool. Well, if you keep them 30 years, it might be worth something.
2: <laughs> well, thank you.
1: Yeah, so...
2: So did you watch the uh, Fallen Skies last night? Yeah, I you, sure did. What did you think about this, this last
1: night? Uh, to me, it's getting better and better. Yeah. So I think next the next one's going to be better than last night.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. They are taking that week off um, next Sunday, I guess, for the Olympics. Yeah. And they'll be back the first week of August. But um, yeah, it'll be good. I, I I guess the main thing is what's gonna happen to Ben since he decided to run off by himself.
1: Yeah, he went. His daddy was
2: hugging him, and he went his way down the road. Yeah. And I guess the kind of question there is: Are they gonna show what he does, or are they not gonna show what he does? Because typically, when people have run off, like Pope ran off this season, last season they didn't show what he did. I'm kind of assuming he'll just show back up in a couple weeks. And we won't actually see what he does. We'll just hear about what he did. I, I don't know that for sure. Right. But that seems to be what they've done before. The only time we've really seen what somebody did by themselves was the flashback that Tom had when he was trying to get back to to Massachusetts.
1: Right.
2: So what did you think about those little spider things that were on there last night?
1: That was different. I mean, it was, I mean it was caught, they made me think of another movie I've seen like that. But I couldn't think of what it was.
2: Yeah, there's been stuff like that and other stuff. I mean, but it was it,
1: different, though. I like that.
2: I mean, they had those little things kind of like that in Alien. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like um, Starship Troopers, but it was like something. I, I just don't, right. I can't place it either. It's similar to some other little creature. Right,
1: but I liked it. It was different.
2: The little things were in pitch black, maybe? Yeah,
1: but they were small, like they were just miniature or something.
2: Something like that, maybe? Yeah. I guess I'll talk to you later on. All
0: right. Bye, babe. Bye. All right, well, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies feedback. All right, well, it's time to jump into some Falling Skies feedback. We're going to be mostly on Facebook and Twitter, as kind of our habit is these last few weeks. If you're not following us over on Twitter, you can find us at the Falling Skies. And if you're not a uh, friend of ours over on Facebook, you can find us at Facebook.com forward slash FallingSkiesCast. Two hundred and five people have found us over on Facebook, and as of recording twelve hundred and seventy four of you have found us over on Twitter. so thank you very much for all of you who have found us and we would definitely appreciate your comments and things over on Facebook. a couple comments here I posted you know a little message I went over to Twitter feed as well, asking for comments or thoughts about you know the fantastic episode that was on this you know Sunday night and Christine says epic, which is very nice and Brandon also chimed in he said my mind was blown didn't expect Jamil to die nor the recon team I knew Tom was going to shoot the fish head I agree with you I, I enjoy the random history lessons they put in the show I think there were a couple in this episode I'm going to rewatch this episode because there was so much to take in and uh, I commented on there too said this was probably the best episode thus far of this show I, and I really do think that's probably the case Brandon also has a couple of other comments here here he says I don't think they're going to kill off Maggie she's a vital character right now I kind of agree with you about Weaver though uh, but after seeing previews for the next episode I don't know if there is a Charleston uh, so thanks Brandon for finding us on Facebook and commenting over there we appreciate that and then he also said two weeks till a new Final Guys episode no kind of like I'm assuming Darth Vader on the Blu-ray of Star Wars but <laughs> that's pretty much what's going on over our Facebook page so we're gonna go on over to our Twitter feed, and there, like I said, over twelve hundred view, almost thirteen hundred you have found us, and we've had a number of interactions the last week or so. And again, we'll try to get through most of these. I know one thing we uh, we've we mentioned them last week during our feedback section. Uh, Falling Sky's blog over on Twitter, which is at gh underscore Schuster. I'm assuming how you say that? S C H U S T E R has a uh, falling skies blog that they've been working on and you can find them at falling skies com and they've been posting articles pretty regularly here these last few weeks and i think i honestly think this is a new new blog from the you know since the season two um from just looking at their archives there i, I think it is you know fairly recent but there's definitely some good thoughts there and uh very active on twitter so if you're not following them on twitter you know, check them out. I know just within the last few days, there's been tons and tons of, of questions and uh, and interactions over there. You know, either we were asked directly or we were tagged in something. So um, check out at gh underscore schuster. There's been a lot. So if you go to our Twitter feed, and I think you can do this, you can look at the at mentions for us. Uh, there's been quite a few from 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 this um, Twitter account. If you want to follow them, some of the more recent ones, they uh, thanked us. Said by the way, thanks for a bunch linking us to your site just got traffic hit from your link they also say Ben's trust in himself aside do you think the Overlord was able to learn anything from his mind that's a good question also uh, one other question they posed recently was do you think Pope's I will follow your lead conversation is genuine they shared what their several people actually did this too shared what their favorite Moments of the episode were from this past week because it was definitely a great one at GH underscore Schuster said mine is the watershed moment where Ben tries to explain he has to leave towards the beginning uh, one other quote I thought was really good Milan Labbe which again I don't mean know if that's how you say it for sure um, they said take the hype blow it out of the water and they have a, a blog post there to take a look at but again there's a lot of things in their account so check them out and we'll um, move on to some other interactions we received over on Twitter at missing underscore eighty seven, we've we've mentioned her the last few day, last few days, last few episodes. Several things here. She said during the episode, um not even five minutes in and already kick butt. I'm gonna censor that one just a little bit. <laughs> she also says, "Oh no, falling skies! Holy crap! What else could happen?" Not Ben. No, way to go, Tom. Tell her to shove it, Mason boys. Ben is by far my favorite and most dynamic character. Another person we've been hearing from quite a bit in the last few weeks over on Twitter is at Jennifer Rucks, and she's saying that she was looking forward to Sunday night's show. Now, Hal and Maggie is a couple I like to see. You know, we're talking about those shipper names. Mal was the most popular ones from, from you guys, it sounds like, from Facebook and Twitter. That sh- relationship. Another um, Twitter follower that we've been hearing, hearing from quite a bit the last little bit is at Casey underscore Several things from him. at, And he, he included this to at brand uh brando j and, and that's one thing if you follow our uh twitter feed there is a listing there that we have you know different lists you can make and we i think we have most of the following scouts people that we're aware of anyway there could be some we've missed that are on twitter or whatever that are there you can find them and brandon j mclaren i got a place Jamil or did play Jamil? said at brandon j Jamil taken up by crawlers darn that was unexpected yeah it really was that was cool like I mean obviously you knew something was happening. If you'd seen the preview, you knew those little spider crawler things were coming, but uh didn't expect to see that many of those things come out of him. And that was that was actually really good special effects too, by the way. Definitely like that. And one thing I like I like this tweet from at KC underscore purpose says Karen's overlord needs a name. How about Captain Fishhead Skipper Bullseye Gullet Hole Flipper? I really like Captain Fishhead. I think that's pretty funny. I i, I favorited that tweet. Another thing that uh, Casey underscore said, it's clear now. The over- overlords are here to shut down the Large Hydron Collider. A few other things here. At Gongtopia says, This season rocks. Last night's show was amazing. Nice to see how the fish heads can be frightened of us. At Kill the Alien says, Favorite scenes were creepy aliens coming out of Jamil and Matt being a hero. At Seahorse629 says, Most intense episode yet. Awesome. At Jaden Smith Ness says, Marathon, Fallen Skies Marathon on Sunday at 2. I'm so excited. At Sneak underscore Peaks. I'm sending some links to some HD promo videos for the next episode. At Bieberfan87 said, Absolute favorite, case in point, sentiment weakness. And that was a good scene where the Overlord was speaking through through Ben, or oh, Captain Fishhead there. I like, I like that term. And there's more. I, I, like I said, I don't want to read everything, I don't guess. Just because sometimes some of these things are kind of a conversation between several people, not necessarily specifically directed at us, and you know, specific you know, feedback for the show and stuff. So I, I will just say that, and I'll say definitely um, that at 3 space, our friends over there on Twitter, Robert, definitely interacted with us several times on Twitter, too, um, and he definitely has an inside track. Uh, I know I've mentioned this before. You know, he had the opportunity to go up to the set of Falling Skies for season two. TNT's been hooking him up with all the screeners. I think he got a screener for the whole season. I only got the first, you know, couple episodes. From what he said on Twitter the other day, it looks like he's already seen the rest of the season. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. But anyway, so thanks again for everybody who's found us over on Twitter. We, again, we are listed there at the Falling Skies, and you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/fallingskiescast. If you'd like to join us over there. And I guess at this point, it's time for a little bit of Falling Skies recap. We'll recap this week's episode. It's time for the Falling Skies recap, part of the show where we recap Falling Skies. All right, episode number seven of season two of Falling Skies, Molan Labe. And again, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but. And this, okay, this is one of those things. I'll go ahead and say this now. This seemed like a season finale. This was awesome. It, it wasn't the greatest hour of television ever. No, it wasn't the greatest hour of television ever. It was probably the greatest hour of Falling Skies television thus far, I would have to think. I mean, it had really good action, had really good story moments, had good character things. I mean, you know, you feel bad for Lorgis that Jamil's dead. You feel bad for Tector that his buddy Boone's dead. And those two guys haven't had a lot of screen time. They really haven't. I mean, that one episode, Boone... Um, was featured in pretty heavily where he was rapping there for a minute and he was calling Tom Mason Jar and then he tried to skill- kill the one eyed skitter. And we've seen him around and all, but he wasn't, you know, he's not a main player. But we feel bad for him and for Protector, and his buddy. Jamil's the same way, other than fixing stuff. We don't really know Jamil that well. He's only been in a few episodes, but, you know, we still feel bad for Lodris because we know her a little bit more. And then uh, everything like you feel bad that Tom's losing his son, you feel bad that. Karen is still evil and, and whatever. I mean, there's just lots of stuff going on apart from, you know, stuff blowing up and being trapped and new little alien killing machines come after him. I mean, there, it was a good episode all the way around. So, I mean, it started off really fast this week. Ben and Karen were on the way to the Rebellion. And before you know it, Captain Fishhead um, was there with his mech in tow. And uh, Karen stopped playing her little game and you know, is ready to turn ben over to the aliens and then we have our opening sequence karen is now harnessed um which is kind of interesting and it looks like she was about to re-harness ben when snipers from the second mass come along and shoot the harness out of her hand they they killed the skinner that was holding ben and we see tom and Diane, and some others out there in the woods there seems to be lots of explosions here And then Tom does come face-to-face with the Overlord. And just about that same time, the mech that was trying to attack the second mass shuts down, I guess, and their theory was so it would not hurt the Overlord. And Tom is able to capture it, and they do take it back to the camp maggie we find out is fine she is being patched up by Anne. and i guess from the uh previous week i was contemplating her blood and her stomach and stuff like that i guess that just opened up the the gunshot wound from a few episodes before I mean that had happened i guess technically in the terms of the show a couple of weeks prior so she wasn't i guess stabbed through or impaled or anything like that she just got thrown against the wall and her stitches came loose We start hearing here how the uh, second mass is preparing to move out. Jamil has the med bus ready to go for this next 500 miles of the trip. Mad is on watch still, which is still interesting to see. The little guy running around with the guns and stuff. Weaver's back up on his feet. He's ready to go. He's asking about the GTO, and I was pretty sure the GTO got blown up like a year ago. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I was thinking the GTO had the 50 cal in it, and then... For some reason, I was thinking that wasn't around anymore. Anne here sets up a lot of the the plot points for this episode. Wants to go down to the uh, basement of the hospital to get supplies. And Matt is supposed to run security for her in laundress. Oh, low. Get low, low, low. Tom reveals they've captured a fish head and brought it back to camp. They do stick it in the uh, psych ward, just like they put Karen in there. And then the aliens, the mechs and whatnot, are out there starting to attack the group. Uh, Weaver tells them to conserve their ammo, that this is pretty much seems to be a distraction. Tom does go around back to kind of check out what's going on there. There's a mech back there, and he has uh, some creative uses of some O2 tanks, and he blows up the mech. Um, But that explosion just so happens to trap Anne, Lowe, and Matt down in the basement, and that's when we go to our commercial and fallen skies is brought to you by the university of phoenix <laughs> weaver Hal, and others aren't being fired upon they're still just hanging out there in their little barricade and their theory again was maybe the aliens had backed off after the explosion and they kind of have a little discussion that tom and ben and weaver have about a tough choice with ben and whatnot and uh i think they do both agree pretty much ben has brought this upon them However, and now uh, they're like, oh, what their next move is. And then like two seconds later, Karen walks out to talk to them. She um, wants her master back. She says that she's trying to protect the second mass, but obviously they don't trust her. And then she also suggests to Tom that he talk with her master like he did on the ship. So Anne, Matt, and Laudris appear to be okay down in there. And the bottom, Tector and Boone are sent out on a recon mission to look at the cockroaches I think there were two teams because there was another name brought up in there and it wasn't only Tector somebody Tector went out with someone and then Boone went out with someone I'm pretty sure and it sounds like as as, as they come back it seems Madison not quite that far yet definitely Tector makes it back and Boone definitely didn't because he's the one who gets shot a little bit later on um, again they are talking about an access tunnel on the east I'm like really dude this is how they got out of the high school Okay. <laughs> One thing I thought was kind of funny, we'll get to, I guess, in a pop culture segment, just because of the way they said something. And I don't really have a pop culture segment for this week, so that's going to be something we can talk about. All right, so here, Ben says he should have left weeks ago. Now, I guess it would have been three weeks ago now when he was sitting on the roof. And some some people on Facebook were saying at that time that they thought that he was going to push Matt off the, off the roof, which I thought was kind of funny. But now Ben says he's leaving no matter what and ben says the overlords tried to connect to him and he i guess they got a kind of a two-way connection going a little mind meld and ben says they're scared and we see the overlords sitting there in the psych ward and lo and matt find Jamil. he looks to be in terrible shape he's in the hallway uh, matt hears these noises Jamil tells him not to open the door he kind of freaks out when he starts to open the door and we see some little holes and stuff and pretty soon We cut over, we see Maggie and Hal. They're looking for that access tunnel, um, and there's a hatch there. Hal tries to open it. They have a moment. uh, Says he's thinking about Karen, blah, blah, blah. Maggie kisses him, and that kind of helps his brain stop thinking about Karen. Hal opens a little access tunnel to reveal tiny little spider skittier things that Reaver later on calls crawlers or crawlies. Anne's able to find a stretcher for Jameel. And this was like one of the best special effects I think that's been on the show thus far. Those little creatures, those little crawlies were inside of him. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming I just laid little eggs in him and it didn't take very long at all for them to just grow and burst forth through his mouth. And it looked pretty good uh, as far as special effects. Didn't look good as far as his health and his life. Obviously, he was dead afterwards. But um, as far as the special effects, looked really good. And, and it did remind me of like the thing in Alien where the, the little monster would pop out of the stomach yeah, it made fun of them having space balls and stuff like that, but it was different. It definitely was different. These little crawlies are more like little spiders. I mean, the skitters are already kind of spidery. That's why they call them skitters. They said they, the spidery things kind of skitter around or whatever, but and then this is when pope makes his return to action i mean he's been back he was back last week he was in a bad shape a few hours earlier or whatever but pope comes in with tom to kill these little things and then we see that uh tyree and boone are probably going to die or are going to be probably dead because I, I guess um i think i think it is tector's out there talking about the guns and they're like oh man you got to move i told him to keep moving or whatever um at least they do that pretty soon again my notes i i sometimes get confused Matt attempts to go for rescue through this little air vent, and Lo and Ann are going you know, to stay in the blood lab. Uh, and this definitely this is one of the things that's close quarters, it's confined spaces, definitely classic horror elements as far as the uh, the fact that Matt was getting to the air shaft. And they didn't really show that. That would have been a good little moment, especially if he heard noises and you know, stuff chasing him, and he, I think he does say that there's stuff chasing him, and I think Pope shoots something after he gets out of the thing, but those kind of things, the fact that there's something in the hospital, and the Ann and Lodris are trapped in a room, and and she's lost her boyfriend. And this is classic, like, almost Night of the Living Dead or Aliens, even, as far as that kind of stuff goes. Just being trapped and, and something coming to get you. It's definitely good good stuff. We get back from our commercial break, and Karen is looking for Weaver. Lowe is just giving up hope and is trying to find some oxygen, however. Tom, Pope, and Ben are ready to shoot Matt. And that's when he comes out of the little thing, and the Pope shotgun is very effective on these little crawlies. Um, we find out here that at this point that Boone was captured and basically executed by a mech as he's running towards the second mass. But this time he was shot with like darts instead of like an explosive round, which was a little different. And then Tector from the other scout team does not take that well because they were our friends. Lowe's still panicking down in the basement and has prepared a little flamethrower from our O2 tank. And then Tom and Pope come in for the rescue and pretty soon that, people are discussing how the patrol didn't make it. Jamil didn't make it. Tom goes to see Captain Fishhead. And the Overlord talks through Ben. Um, talks about peace and some of, the, some of the same stuff they wanted to talk about before. They're saying they're trying to correct some things. And that they have a task that all this is disrupting their operation. Which, again, that's going to be one of those interesting things that I'm kind of curious about. What operation are they doing? What task are they here for? And, you know, and how is... What are they doing? I mean, we still don't officially know all those kind of things one thing that really stuck out was the fact that the overlord said that the humans are weak and crippled by sentiment and then right after he says that he makes ben collapse and thomas begging and screaming for his son and ben's bleeding and so once he kind of brings his son back he shoots a fish head and i honestly thought he shot him in the head and he killed him right there but he didn't because ann comes in and tries to help him and stuff and But again, it it looked that way to me. And this is the first time I think I remember seeing the commercial for the Falling Skies Marathon Sunday at 2. And again, we've already mentioned that, but it is 2 to 6 and then 9 to 12. And we get back from commercial break and we did find out Tom did not kill it and is trying to help him out. They again mentioned the whole one-eyed skitter, the rebellion. Tom seems to believe him. Weaver still doesn't know about all that. He seems kind of unsure about it. They do bring in old Karen to see her master. Uh, One thing I really liked, How here has come to the light and said that the Karen he knew died a long time ago. And one thing too that was interesting, her little speech was very strange and talking about all living things having a causality and that they can predict what will happen and they can try to alter the events. And it was really, really strange, like the whole thing. And then, but it seems like she also does kind of a classic villain mistake of monologuing a, a little bit too much. So we get there, and she you know, finds out about her dude, her master, and Karen goes after Tom. Ben is there to restrain her, which is good, because otherwise wouldn't work out so well. And so they basically pretty much work out a deal here, that to save this overlord, they're going to have to let the second mask go. And then after the commercial break, the evacuation starts, the mechs are standing down, Matt's a hero, Lois is still depressed. It goes... You know, to the next night, and you know, through that night to the next morning, pretty quickly, they're on some backcountry road. They still say they have 500 miles to go, and they're high tailing it down there, I think is what Weaver says. Anthony is very excited about all the rumors, and he talks about stuff floating in butter or something. That's pretty funny. Tom and Ann have another one of their moments and, and kind of bond over her flamethrower low is back on her feet but it seems that she's lost her faith finally that was one of the kind of the things they were really building up in the first season i mean she didn't get a lot of character development uh, other than she had some medical training you know we, we learned this stuff and i could you know we could go into the whole deal like she was in medical school and her family died and she was not you know she's not from the area so we definitely learned some things about her but one of the main things we learned about her is that she was catholic i think it was and then because in one of the episodes she goes to an Episcopal church and she's like, you know, it's not quite the same, but it's close enough or whatever. You know, she prays in that one episode we talked about. You know, she prays in the episode Grace several times, you know, on camera. And, you know, it's just one of those things. And now, you know, her newfound love is dead and she has lost her her faith in everything. And it seems like she just wants to give up. And then this is when Ben is planning to take off and join the rebellion. I want to get some power converters at Tati Station. And one of the things he says here, he wants to go out and recruit other kids that have been de-harnessed. And this is a big question for me. Okay, if we remember when Ricky... Ricky was the first one they grabbed because the stupid um, thing that Mike did, it almost got everybody killed. He grabbed his son when he saw him and yelled and the mech shot at everybody. And that's how they lost Karen because Mike was dumb. But um, they got Ricky back. They de-harnessed him. He was a zombie dude, pretty much. And then they go back in. They sneak in and they capture... Um, Hal did it pretty much by himself. There was a little help from other people. Hal goes in there in episode Silent Kill, and he um, rescues Ben, and he gets the other five kids that are in his little unit or whatever you want to call it that the Skitter was controlling and commanding. All right. Well, they get back. They're able to deharness five out of the six. One of the one of the five. One of the six die. And so there's four other harnessed or deharnessed kids that were with the second mass last year when Ben came back i think they mentioned them like one time after that where what happened to those people why, why i mean seriously if ben is super ben and he's like captain america is one of the things i've been calling him where the heck are the other ones where's where's the other four i mean seriously that don't make no sense but apparently ben thinks there's a bunch of other kids that have been deharnessed harnessed that are out there that he can recruit to these rebellion which that just seems kind of strange and weird to me but that's what his plan was, and I don't know that we'll see that. I think that's gonna be something that he'll come back in a few weeks by the end of the season and and talk about, but I don't think that's gonna happen and like right here at the end when he walks off down the little road, I'm like we need the hulk theme anyway, we do have a week off this week, so no falling skies on july 29th. ninth he will be back on August the fifth, and then we're gonna go ahead and jump in from here into our falling skies five where we count down to five pivotal moments of this week's episode all right it is time for the falling skies five the five most pivotal moments of the episode all right well it's time for the falling skies five and we're going to start off our list this week with what we usually do number five and this week my number five is more kind of a general thing just because there were several and i'm going to say the deaths we're number five on my list for as far as pivotal moments. This week's episode you actually see gravity to the situation. You see the direness of the situation. We see an execution by the mechs of Boone. We see these new crawlies, these new creatures killing Jamil and going after Anne and Tom and Matt and Laudris and Pope and Hal and Maggie. Like there was lots of danger on all sides. So that was good. I like the danger. I like the the fact that there was consequences this week that the people had to pay the price in order to you know get out of this situation. It's not always miracle cures and happy days. Like there are bad things going on in the apocalypse where most of the world is dead. And so this seems a little more bleak but also had hope at the same time. So I think that's what we need in this show for it to be really good, is that yes, there are bad moments, but then there's still those moments where you still have hope that they're going to carry on and they're going to make it to the next thing that's going to help the revolution against the aliens over the the fish heads and whatnot. All right, well, that's my number five thing, um, deaths. Number four, the new enemy, these little crawlies, as Weaver called them, the spider-like, insect-looking... I don't know, I guess, parasite, I don't know if you know the word. I mean, they're not sent there to harness you, to capture you. I would have to assume these things are sent there to kill you. And so that is just interesting to see a different species, a different version of what's going on with the aliens, and hopefully this isn't the last time that'll happen. There'll be other little bio weapons they could send after the the people on Earth, and so I think that would make for, for good things as far as drama and just to you know keep it a little bit fresh. That it's not just a mech and a skitter. There's other things that come after you. The fish heads, these little crawlies, or whatever. Uh, I think that's good for the show. All right, number three on my list. We're gonna move it forward. Captain Fishhead, as at Casey underscore pervers said on Twitter, Captain Fishhead was captured by the second mass, most notably Tom, and they have a nice little conversation and definitely hint at you know a larger picture of things, a bigger scheme, a larger universe a larger galaxy of stuff going on that we have not been privy to just yet and so i think those kind of things are cool uh i think it's interesting just in general how that whole thing happened some of the things that uh, ben was saying how he felt like the fish head was trying to get inside of his mind i guess to learn information or whatever i thought that was kind of interesting the whole thing where ben was talking for him kind of like karen's been doing was interesting as well so i don't know i like the wi-fi connection on these harness kids one thing that was really interesting about the Captain Fishhead was the whole fact that the mechs, and then even the whole attack later on, they were trying not to harm the fishhead. I mean, that was like the prime directive, the number one rule or whatever, kind of like iRobot or the Star Trek Federation or whatever, you know, don't hurt the fishheads, bring no harm to the fishheads. I don't know. It was just kind of weird, that whole that whole plot point. But I thought that was good too, though, just something different again. All right, number two on my list... Is one of those is probably unpopular with the young ladies out there. Ben or Benjamin? I would—I don't think his name would be Benjamin. Do they ever say that? Oh, I have a great theory here. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if they've ever said his full name. Is it? I would be funny if his name was Benjamin Franklin Mason. I don't know that for sure. Somebody out there probably knows that. Email us or tweet us or something if they've ever said Ben's full name. But anyway, Ben does go off on his own. His plan is to join the rebellion, to recruit other deharness kids, and fight the overlords and the skitters and whatnot. And I already mentioned this in the recap. I really, I don't know. That just sounds kind of crazy. I guess this is some of the information that the one-eyed skitter is supposed to have fed him about needing some help recruiting. And a lot of the stuff, the little things in this episode reminded me of avatar. Like some of the ways that uh Karen little speech went about how the, all the planets connected. And I don't know. I mean, I granted that's not this specific to avatar, but in sci- science fiction, it kind of reminded me of avatar. And then here where he's supposed to go around and help, lead the Rebellion and and garner support. It just sounds kind of like what uh, Sam Worthington's character did in Avatar, how he united the Na'vi against the evil humans. So, uh, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of that. I had that in my notes. But anyway, Ben leaving is definitely important. And again, I already mentioned this earlier with Mama and George on the phone, or Skype, whatever you want to call it, that um, what are they going to do? Are they going to show him and his exodus and his journey, or are they just going to not show him for two weeks, and then show him back in the finale. I would have to assume, if nothing else, he'd be back for the finale. So, we'll see how that goes. And then my number one point, and this is one of those things, is it the most important thing ever in the grand scheme of mythology of the show? No. But as far as the continuation of the storyline, this is the most important thing. The second mass was able to escape. They were able to make a deal to trade the injured Captain Fishhead for freedom, and they are able to get back on the road and head toward Charleston. And in a little bit, we're going to have a few short little segments here of uh, This Week in History and a short little Falling Skies and Pop Culture, with will can get in contact with us. And then we'll have our Pope Quote of the Week. And, and, you know, Pope is back, and so we have another one of those. And he has some interesting things to say about Charleston, and that's going to be our Pope Quote of the Week, and that's going to wrap our show up here. So we're getting near the end, so stick around for these last few little segments. And like I said, next up is This Week in History. This Week in History. All right, well, the main history reference I saw this week, apart from the title of the show, which you have already got to mention, the ancient Greek um, source of that text and whatnot, so I think think we've covered that one pretty good, so I think we're going to move on from that one. But there was another reference Ben made to his dad saying that, I think he pretty much said specifically 15-year-olds were fighting in the American Revolutionary War when he was saying he was only 15 and his dad didn't like all this stuff that was going on. And so I was looking around trying to find who was the youngest Revolutionary War soldier. And I found a few articles. Most of them were on genealogy websites. So I don't know how reliable some of this information is. Like I found this one on Eastman's online genealogy newsletter. And their question was posed in this article. Who was the youngest Revolutionary War soldier or sailor? And they actually had several different things listed there that people had reported you know this that they found this on google they found this on this other place and so there's actually some i guess conjecture of who is actually the youngest one thing they were have here saying the banker daily news five years ago claimed that a nine-year-old sailor named john barry served as a powder monkey aboard one of the american naval ships another um story claimed that isaac wheeler jr was the youngest soldier of the American Revolutionary War, and he was reportedly eight years old when he served as a pfeiffer and served his father, Isaac Wheeler. That's kind of interesting. There's also another claim here that Archibald Smith's son was the youngest, reportedly born in 1765 and aged 10 when he started. And it says he was even captured by the British and was in a POW camp, which is interesting. And there was one other report they have, which, again, I thought was kind of funny, saying that Nathan Futrell was the youngest. He reportedly was a drummer boy in the war and was born in 1773 and apparently joined the North Carolina Continental Militia late in the war. 1773, he had to be really young. (laughs) But Anyway, I I thought that was kind of interesting to read. Definitely some young people there. And and another thing with the Civil War, that definitely happened in the South. The South was very ill-prepared in so many ways for that whole fiasco there, but by the end of the war there was very inexperienced soldiers very old people fighting for the south as most of the able-bodied men had already fought or died or were prisoners or injured or whatever they had very very young boys and very very old men by the end and so i mean that's something you even see in uh something like lord of the rings in the two towers which is my favorite of the three movies saw it the most in the cinemas but i really enjoyed that particular movie And there's some cool scenes there with Aragon and one of these young soldiers. And he's like, it's a good sword or whatever. I really like that. But anyway, uh, I guess that's going to wrap up our brief random discussion here of really young Revolutionary War soldiers. That's going to take us into our pop culture segment. Falling Skies and Pop Culture all right, well, there was really nothing specific this week, I don't think. I mean, there were some references that I've already mentioned of things that reminded me of other things. Maybe it was like a Pitch Black movie or it was Aliens or it, maybe a Star Wars thing or whatever. Now, there was one point where they were talking about the basement and it was in the West Wing, and so I hear West Wing, I think of the TV show West Wing, which is you know a reference to the White House and whatnot, and so, I don't know. <laughs> so, again, it's not really a a reference, but it, it's what made me think of, so... Anyway, that's one of those. And there's another thing that was like that. It's something Hal said. And I kind of feel this is sort of a pop culture reference, but not necessarily. Um, He said, The Karen I knew died a long time ago. And that just really reminded me of Darth Vader and how Obi-Wan talked about Darth Vader. Even though, spoiler alert here, (laughs) if you haven't seen Star Wars, you know, the first Star Wars movie, the way that Ben shares with Luke about what happened to his father and everything and he even explains a little more detail in the third movie about how it is true from a certain point of view or whatever, you know, he basically says the good man he knew of Anakin Skywalker was dead. And what was left was, you know, more machine than man and was twisted and evil. And so in his mind, and and it was maybe one of those things that he had to do over those 20 some odd years or whatever, he was there all by himself in the desert. He had, given up any hope that there was any good left in him that he was only evil he was only you know a tool of the dark side or whatever and i think that's kind of what what hal has done here he's given up hope on karen he's he said you know there's nothing left of the girl i knew the girl i love is gone now you're more skitter than human you're twisted and evil that's kind of the way i took took that little reference there and again that probably has nothing to do with star wars but since i am a star wars fan that's what it made me think of and so that was my pop culture reference this week because I like having pop culture references. It's fun of fun. Alright, well really that's about it for this week's episode. Like I said, I want to let you know how you can get in contact with us right now, and then we'll have our brief Pope quote of the week to kind of wrap us up here and the afternoon we'll have a little outro music and whatnot. But again we like to always share with you the many, many ways you can get in contact with us here at the podcast. We've shared a few of these already. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash falling skies cast. Find us over on Twitter. We are at the Falling Skies and we definitely love to have your input. You can also find us over on Google Plus and people plus one things and whatnot over there a few times. We don't get many comments over there necessarily. Don't have as many people in our circles there as we do on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, But if you are on Google Plus, find us there. Technically, we're on there twice, but look for the page if you find us. So, anyway, you can find us on Google Plus. You can find us in iTunes and you can uh, be a great way there to subscribe to the show. And we'd love for you to leave us a little star rating or a review or something. That would be great. Also, you can find us. At fallingskiescast.com, which is um, a website for the show, and then it has our important information and things there. And actually, today, Monday, July 23rd, is our two year anniversary of having fallingskiescast.com. Prior to that, the website was fallen, F A L L E N skiescast.com, as they didn't make a name change. There early on before the show premiered, and that was one of those things that I had to adjust as I was making my podcast. So, Monday was the two year anniversary of our fallingskiescast.com website. All right, well, um also, you can email us at fallingskiescast at gmail.com. You can also call us or text us at 773 35 skies. You can check into the podcast, everyone get glue. I think that's about it. All right, well, thank you again for listening to this week's episode of Fallen Um uh, There is a, a week off next week, there will be no new episode. On July 29th, there is the Fallen Skies Marathon from 2 to 6, and once again from 9 to 12. So if you're interested, check out all seven episodes of Season 2 and Independence Day, if you'd like to see that one too. And then we'll be back, maybe in the off week, maybe not. We'll see what happens. If not, we'll see you after Episode number 8. And thank you again for listening to the Fallen Skies cast. I am Jimmy in Georgia. Peace. It's time for the Pope Quote of the Week. I heard they got fresh fish, even lobster. Oh man, I can taste it now. Swimming in butter. Oh yeah,
1: they got day spas, ice cream parlors, theme parks, strip clubs made out of gingerbread. Charleston's going to be a paradise honor.